Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Mixed Company. Who knows what the hell episode we're on these days, but we're definitely out here um hustling i think i feel like we've been working really really hard or maybe i've been working hard and i assume everyone else has um yes, we have hey hey things, hey we've been working hard i didn't say you haven't i'm just assuming <laughs> i said we and i'm assuming that we all are but then i was like well shit maybe maybe i'm what is it maybe i'm projecting so <laughs> It seems like summer is ending and, like, real work is happening again. So we are here. It's cold outside. I don't know what's happening. I, I think it's cold. Does. You wore a I coat know. today? I wore well, – I mean, it was a ja- – I wore my Adidas jacket. But, like, I kept it on for the larger part of the day, and I was like, it's still August. There probably yeah. means that it's going to be hot as Hades next week, but still. <laughs> A girl wore a sweater today. I was like, well, how did you get here? <laughs> no. Mm. You know, I got the emails. I put this on my IG stories. I got the, the shopping emails like, fall is running in. Fall's rolling in. Fall's Nobody said fall, fall is running in. Who the hell wrote that headline? Who wrote I don't that know. <laughs> it's not verbatim, but I'm saying, like, the fall, the, the fall shopping emails are coming in. Watched the Today Show this morning, and someone mentioned public pumpkin spice latte. That means Already? the beginning of the end. Yes, that's new because usually that shit starts in September. That's just goddamn ridiculous. That's just too ridiculous. I'm over it. I'm over it already, and I like pumpkin spice. So that's too much. Everybody doing too much. We need to slow down. Give me my last two summer Friday weekends, and just let us be great. Anyway, we're back for another episode, um, and we have quite a few things to talk about these days. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the conversation is going to be about, like, the intention is for us to talk about black women um, and our roles when we do get a seat at the table, uh, primarily because if you haven't seen the headlines in your publications or your uh, your industry trades, um, Bozma St. John. St. John's is um, the, at the helm of the Papa John's, if you will, rebranding. Um, and some people, specifically our people, and for those of you listening that are not sure who we mean by our people, some black people are really, really, really up in arms right now. And I know that that was um, a dope shit that I had, I guess, last episode, but people are really upset. Um, And as we were discussing this as a group, we actually started to get into the parallels uh, between that and the fuckery, if you will, that is Amorosa. Um, and I can say that because that heifer went to Howard, and I just feel like sometimes you got to call family out, like, you know, Thanksgiving when, you know, your uncle not being shit. Um, you you know that after, like, two drinks, it's okay for you to tell them that. Like, it's because I want you to really be better, even though I know you can't get better, I just I have to try. 
Um, and not saying that they parallel each other, but just saying that there is a tie-in where it's like, if, if we'll get into it. It just, yeah. it all ties together. We're all in our feelings. We want to talk about it. So we're going to bring it up. Yep. Um, but before we get started with that, I'm going to do something we haven't done in a very long time. And we actually have feedback. Surprise? Not really surprised. I think we talked about it I mean, last episode. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I mentioned it, but it's kind of like we need to do a better job of checking for our feedback. I think I think we were starting to feel like nobody cares, but people listen, y'all. We need to <laughs> and we need to shout them out for doing that because honestly, like we do this cuz people listen. It's no longer just to talk to ourselves, it's to talk to ourselves and the people that listen. So, the first comment comes from uh TJ1496. Um, and this comment is uh, is subjected, if you will, or the subject is my black friends at work. Somebody thinks I'm their black friend at work in their head, and I feel like I feel like we, we've I, I feel like we've climbed a stair. We may not have reached another level, friends, but we've climbed a stair. So yeah, this okay. comment says, right, like that we doing something. So, somebody cares. So this comment says, there aren't many black people at my agency. None of my close friends are in the industry. And I love that this podcast is literally like having friends who understand exactly what I'm going through. I'm able to connect with you all on so many levels, You do, and you do such a fantastic job of being relatable and real. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you for taking the time to do this. It really means a lot. What? Yeah, thank you. That's really nice. Cool. This is why we really have to like. (laughs) Like, if this was in a card, I would totally put this on my card wall, but it's not. So I'll just reference it from time to time. So thank you, TJ, plus all them numbers. We totally appreciate it. Um, Yeah, like it's important for us to have black friends at work. Listen, I put. You don't even know how many podcasts I have to put on in my ears when I'm at work sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you need a little culture. You need to relate to a little bit of people. We're, we're like a so, mobile ERG. We oh, are a mobile <laughs> ERG. We are a sonic ERG. We are a sonic ERG. We speak candidly. We talk about co- your coworkers, our coworkers. We try to make the workplace a better place. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure that that's what you do within an ERG. So yep. shout out to TJ. Uh, the second one, oh, by the way, TJ also gave us five stars. That's what I'm talking about. Five stars. Shout out to Yo Gotti. Right, shout out to Yo Gotti. Absolutely. Um, and Dylon. Shout out to Yo Gotti and Dylon. Um, we have another five star rating. Um, this one comes from Shock of, mm -mm, I don't know what all them letters is, but Shock of S I U W S. Loved the authenticity, the varying personalities, and humor. Keep up the good content. We definitely have varying personalities. And that's important, you know? You gotta keep things fresh. I don't even I don't even know if it's like for real humor or if it's just like people be laughing at us. I know we laugh at us, so maybe that is considered humor. But yeah, thank you. We are the the, the subject of this one was engaging. Somebody thinks we're even engaging. Ooh. I was people felt I was engaging. Maybe I date more. I wouldn't. I don't. You are engaging. <laughs> 
I don't think other people are as engaging, so I don't. Never mind. I take that back. But thank you, Shaq. We totally appreciate that. Um, so if you like the show, right, if you like the show, make sure you leave us a comment on any of the platforms that you follow us on. Um, I mean, sometimes you want your head guessed a little bit, and that's what I'm here for. Um, also, it gives us uh, feedback that we can share with our partners and sponsors, etc. So people actually want to work with us and hear what we have to say, which means that they get to hear what you have to say. So leave us, a, drop us a line, leave us a note. Um, we love the feedback. Yep. All right. Very receptive. I love it. We're very receptive. Yeah, right? We take in feedback. Yeah. We don't get mad, you know? We don't get, feel like, I don't get mad. No, I we take it I get glad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> ridiculous. Um, okay, so in the meantime, let's go ahead and jump into some dope shit and some ain't shit. I actually have dope shit that is extremely advertising focused. What do y'all have? Uh, I, I have, have dope, dope shit. shit. You have dope shit? Wait, you what? don't have anything? No, I I do. Oh, is what it you, advertising you focus? Uh, advertising adjacent. Oh, everything you have is always advertising <laughs> adjacent. And then you get I mad have... when I say you don't actually work in advertising. I don't understand. <laughs> I like I don't understand how you have the nerve to be upset when you literally don't care about advertising. Well, anyway. the, the the reason is is because I'm influenced by culture. And that's kind of why I got into advertising is because culture stimulates me. You sound like a creative director that literally <laughs> is bypassing a poignant question. You literally did not It doesn't matter, friend. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just that is kind that, of unbranded. <laughs> right. You Just for that, you go first. Okay, cool. So last night, which was August 20th, I went to a very interesting event that was hosted by Cindy Gallup. If you don't know her, uh, you should get to. She used to work in advertising, and she founded a company called Make Love Not Porn. And last night, she teamed up with another organization or a company called The Future of Sex, and they held an event called The Social Sex Revolution, a real-world sex screening. It is exactly what it sounds like. Um, Cindy Gallup talked for about 20 minutes and she explained the reason why she started this company, Make Love Not Porn. Um, there are a lot of insights that she used from her own personal life. One of them was that she liked to date younger men and she felt like the sex that she was having with them was um, too close to the unrealistic uh, standards of traditional pornography. And so she made this website called Make Love Not Porn where real world couples um, film themselves having sex and put these videos on this platform and people pay money to watch them have sex, uh, basically porn. And yesterday she had a screening that basically was a porno screening and I sat in a room with about 20 other people, and we watched porn together. Uh, it was interesting. I can honestly say I've never done that. Um, 
watching, and I think the, the theme was toys. So basically all the videos were couples having sex with toys, and it was about 30 minutes of porn that we watched. Um, and I'm going to say that was my do- that's my dope shit. Um, never did that before. It was interesting. It's one of those – when I walked out, I said, only in New York does shit like this happen. And it's that is not true. There is an entire pornography festival that happens annually. There's one out here, but there's also one that happens in Colorado and I think in the Valley in California. Like okay, so let, me, so let me get more nuanced. Only in New York does shit like that happen on a Monday night at 7 o'clock in Park Slope in Brooklyn. No, I just said it happened. <laughs> what? In, in like, Brooklyn on, on Monday at 7 o'clock? <laughs> when, when, when have you watched porn at 7 o'clock in a room full of people in Brooklyn? So you don't have to answer that. Make sense. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense what you just said. However, there are tons of festivals in the sex, sex industry. Sex slash entertainment industry is huge. And these are real people that do real work that deserve real recognition. And, yes, friend, I'm sure, well, the New York City Festival, I believe that happens in multiple boroughs. But anyway, tell me more. (laughs) Tell me more about what you do with your. You know that meme with the woman with like a whole bunch of mass figures going on and her like, and she just looks mad, confused. That's me. Is that you right now? (laughs) That is me right now. I haven't been to it, but a lot of my friends have. I think I did ask to go last year, and I just was busy. The point is, Simeon, you're missing life. You're missing life. You're just missing life, and I'm glad you found it yesterday. I probably am. So if you also, too, there's nothing more. There's nothing more advertising than Cindy Gallup. So. Yes, that's very true. Um, Michael Bay of advertising. <laughs> if if you too would like these the home videos that you make with your significant other to be seen by the world, you can definitely upload it on Make Love Not Porn, and you will make money. She shares the profits with you. So that's I, I cool. guess my Make Love Not Porn ad for today but also that is really nice and that is business ventures yeah i'm helping people get money okay nice all right okay i too have a dope (laughs) shit from last night but um not on the same not on the same wavelength (laughs) so you guys probably have seen this um they're talking about the silent sam statue so last night, hundreds of protesters took down the controversial statue at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Um, it was put more than 100 years ago to honor soldiers that died fighting for the Confederacy. As you can imagine, some said this is an ode to history, and others said, no, it's just racist. And they asked the school to take it down. So people couldn't wait, and yesterday protesters took matters in their own hands and knocked it over. And... Now they're talking about the repercussions or the aftermath, however you want to look at it. Um, the governor reported that he supported removing it, but this wasn't the way to go about it. And the university is investigating um, the, the incident. Some say incident, some say vandalism. Which side are you oh. on? <laughs> it was like a celebration. 
Yeah, I consider it a celebration. So that's what happened last night while mm. you were at your screen. Where was that? <laughs> Where was it? Yeah. University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Oh. And this 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 was an outside statue monument. Yes. Thing. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Mm. Mm-mm. Well, folks will learn. These people don't have time for the bullshit. They yeah. will learn. That's uh, Tara Womp Womp for whoever's mad. Um, it's about time. I mean, yeah. somebody made a good point about the topic of confederacy monuments it definitely is a part of history it's not like we can't just forget it happened it we definitely in order to tell the story of slavery and the story of continued racism you have to talk about true you have to speak truthfully rather about um confederate uh confederate activists if you will right i think one suggestion that I or recommendation that I heard that I felt was really well was leave it to the museums that way that there's context um, there's context to the story so that it's not just seen as something that is revered and accepted but more but more so um, a milestone or a point in our history that we shouldn't forget um, I don't think we we can't get rid of racism right now. We can't get rid of the Civil War, and we shouldn't get rid of the story of the people who oppressed us but who are also heroes to other people. There just is a bigger story that needs to be told about it. So also, if you don't want to piss people true. off and have them riot, y'all need to uh, adhere to their demands or at least just shit answer them or – Get just be prepared. Like people are just upset. You can't just be having people upset these days. They're really just gonna let you have it. Um, so I mean, can't say I didn't see that coming, but mm, mm, mm. yeah, I mean, I, I just think that like okay, so at my university at Florida State, they the president did take down one of a one of a statue of one. Yeah, that's a real so um, so I guess that was taken down the Democrat way I guess because it wasn't knocked down it was just removed from this campus and okay so I do understand your point about like museums but when you see those statues there's no context about um, why the statue is there it's really like to come it's a commemorative statue someone paid for it and gave it to the university so I do understand that like yes it should be in the museum where it has context but when it's out like on campus it's something to commemorate it's not something to be given as context. So I understand right. why people would want to take it down. I mean but I think I think that's right. why it, why it needs to be in the museum because the museum will will give it context. And there's right. there's an episode on uh John Oliver last week tonight maybe last year um where they talked about these Confederate um statues and how people pay for them to send a clear message to people of color, more specifically yeah. black people, um, like basically celebrating the racism and celebrating the terrorism that um, these generals or these um, figures um, did throughout throughout history. So, I mean, yeah, we can't forget about it. So the best place for them to be is in a museum so that people have context to 
the atrocities that these people did. And and just to say, like, it's just a start. Like, my school, this taking down a a racist, not Confederate, a Confederate soldier or general or whatever statue is just a step. Like, our mascot is the Seminoles. Like, when we start the game, there's usually a guy. Yeah, yeah, there's usually a guy that is, well, he has to, from my knowledge, they have to be from the Seminole tribe to do the whole torch. that makes it okay. (laughs) Exactly, right? And then. Oh, Okay. I guess it's not racist if someone else is in the White House. Like, right. Okay. And then, like, and then they try to make a deal where um, anyone from, like, Seminole descent goes to school for free. So, I mean, there's long, there's a lot, that's just, like, the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more things that need to be happen, that needs to happen. And it's hard because they're trying to make everything, everyone happy so they can get money and things like that. So if this is just one thing about Silent Sam, there's a lot more other silent things going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. Yep. Yep. All of it. <laughs> okay. Well, mm. folks are going to keep rioting if you keep pissing them off and making them feel like we're back in 1962. So not even 1958, 1961. 1861. Listen, people are upset. So, such is life. Okay. Um, my dope shit is actually dope shit. So, for me, this is dope because I, like, a while back, I had kind of said to myself while watching television that, like, I've never hated average, like, TV commercials so much. Like, I just felt like, all of the commercials that I had been watching for a long time were just so cheesy or so just irrelevant that I literally could not stand to watch another commercial. And that's beyond the fact that commercials are now everywhere. I I can't get onto the Internet without a, without a commercial. I can't be on um, Instagram without a commercial or an ad. I can't go anywhere. I can't escape them, and they were all shit. However, this past week i've seen two commercials that completely caught my attention um and it's not for nothing it's probably because i was watching my apple tv and there are only like four commercials in rotation on apple tv at any time um but also the fact that i really liked the campaign or i really liked the messaging so the first one is a shout out to jockey um, and they have the show on what's underneath campaign that they have going on right now. And essentially the idea is obviously they're an underwear brand. So the goal, the idea is show them what's underneath. You want to show them your jockeys, but that's a shout out to the nineties, by the way. But in addition to that, I enjoyed the idea of telling your, your personal truth and the truth that I heard or were listening to within the commercial seem to be um, really in-depth. For example, one commercial, or one ad rather, was a man talking about his drug addiction and how um, essentially in order to get over his drug addiction, he found a new passion, um, which was kind of helping animals, disabled and abled animals, find homes. Um, 
obviously I didn't do it justice by telling his story, but it touched me as I'm watching him deal, you know, with the little puppy with no arms that walks on two legs. I'm like, wow, what did I do with my day? Um, and, and talk about his story of overcoming addiction. And also the tagline, show him what's underneath. Like I literally was like, wow, this is a really deep commercial this man is really out here telling me all his business. And then, boom, you hit the tagline. So that was really good because that drew some emotion out of me. I didn't shed a tear, but I thought about it, um, which I think is always a good um, – that's always a good thing when you create ads. Uh, the other one um, was just fucking hilarious. Like, I laugh about it in the middle of the day when I think about it now. I think I, – I just, I just laugh. Truth commercials have a history of pissing me all the way off. Obviously, I know we want people to stop smoking. We don't want people to die of calendar, blah, 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 whatever. I am an avid fan of I'm not about to tell grown people what to do with themselves. However, I understand you want to educate folks. This particular commercial is titled Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Dick. And if you know anything about me, you know that I have a very crude sense of humor that is usually inappropriate, and so oftentimes I have to keep my mouth closed because I don't want to offend anyone or make them uncomfortable. However, truth, they said, fuck all that shit, girl. We got something just for you. These fools remade a whole daggone commercial in the key of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, about how smoking <laughs> smoking cigarettes um, basically plays poorly with men's libido, and they have a hard time with in their <laughs> in their own words, not my own, getting their kites up. There was like a little <laughs> animation of a man trying to fly a kite, wow. and the kite. <laughs> kind of just fell out the sky because guess the guy was a smoker anyway what i took away from that is i don't want to date any man that smokes cigarettes because you sir can't keep your kite up so i felt like i was re-educated and i had a new passion for also wanting people to not smoke cigarettes because this is something that could potentially affect us all and i don't mean that in a disrespectful way I mean that in a good fucking job truth kind of way. They made me reconsider the ad, and they had me cracking it up. In fact, I had to go online to find it so I could listen to it again. So shout out to Jockey. Shout out to Truth. You guys kept me entertained for the 90 seconds between uh, trying to watch Insecure or whatever other show I was trying to watch this week. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I just did that's funny. Wow. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> it really was. Y'all should really watch it. Uh, we should post the link um, when we release this episode. Um, yeah. Anyway, with that being said, we can just go ahead and jump into our conversation of the day. Wait, wait, wait. I have a, a question. I have a Karina's question. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I do. So it's this is a new segment adjacent. we're trying out. Okay. Yeah. So what is the other Karina's day, corner? What is Karina's It's when corner? I have a question, you know, a life question, a life thought. Okay. Oh, should I, I should have some okay. background music for this. Anyway. Okay. So I was with my mentor. We went to get dinner. My mentor that I went to have dinner with is a white man. 
and we were talking about just like work stuff, catching up, whatever. And the other, all of a sudden in our conversation, this elderly white woman came by and my hair is in a bun. Now, for, for you guys, you guys have seen me and know me, like it's just a regular bun. And this white lady, she came up to me and she was like, your hair is so beautiful and blah, blah, blah. And like, how did you get your hair like that? And it's like, just bun, sis. And like, she was like, it's so amazing. <laughs> For about 15 minutes. And she's like, you're so pretty. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Keep moving. Her friends are trying to get her out of the the um the restaurant. This is like a seven... Uh, she's about like an 80-year-old woman, <laughs> and um, she looks at my, my mentor, and she's like, very pretty girl, and I was like, what the hell, and she walks out, and I'm, so we're sitting there, and I don't know whether to continue the conversation, and I tried to, and my mentor is like, we're just going to continue the conversation, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what to say, like, I can't, she didn't touch me. If she did, then, it, you know, I'd be fighting an old lady, which is not a good look. But, like, she didn't touch me or anything. And he's like, I'm angry for you. And I sat there, and I'm like, I don't know how to react in this situation. And the reason I, I don't it. know how to react. So it? she said she liked your hair? She liked my hair, and she kept giving me all these compliments, so I'm pretty and whatever. Okay. And my hair's in a bun, a regular it, top bun. You got – Okay. Okay, go ahead. And and I don't know how to react. I, wanted, I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it. That means I caught it. Okay, okay. Go ahead, Fred. Go ahead. So my, my mentor, he was like, I am angry for you. And I was like, well, I don't know what to say. She didn't touch me. All I can say is thank you. Can you keep it moving? I'm not going to have a, a diatribe with this 80-year-old woman. I don't know. So here is my question. She was captivated by your beauty? By my bun, my bun. <laughs> so on I kept a day talking about my hair, felt... am I pretty? Well, and my mentor pretty. was angry, and was saying, "Is your mentor there's something wrong with this?" Maybe your mentor listened. Okay, sorry. Okay. So my question is, I... yes. How do I react? Did I react? I don't know. I don't. I just. I, I don't know like if I reacted the right way. I don't way. usually get mad if somebody tells me I'm pretty. And right. that's probably, like, my favorite part of the day is hearing that, not going to lie. Right. Is it, were you just uncomfortable that she wouldn't stop? Like, are you not used to hearing how pretty you are and how nice your hair is? Oh, how pretty are No, I just was like, I guess my reaction didn't, it wasn't anything until my mentor said to me, like, I'm angry for you. And I'm sitting here like, maybe I didn't react the way that I was supposed to react because if she just in here complimenting on my bun, like, okay, thank you. She didn't touch right, my your bun. Hair wasn't even, your hair wasn't even like, out. Right. So she commented your your hair in a bun, a regular old ballerina bun. Yeah. Was it like a messy bun or was it like a tight? It was pretty neat. <laughs> it was pretty neat. I just, I guess... My thing was, so, like, did I miss a microaggression that I should have been aggressed at, but I'm really not? <laughs> did I miss something uh, here? I feel like this kind of goes into what we're going to end up talking about. I, for one, Karina, think you just need to thank God that on a day that you thought that you were doing nothing, that somebody came up to you and told you how much you actually are doing. 
You are pretty, even with a bun, friend. I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, I... Thank you. She was so captivated by your beauty. Like, she just... Have you never seen somebody that you're just like, oh, my God. And, you know, old people don't keep nothing to themselves. So, like, (laughs) she probably couldn't hold on to it. She didn't know when the next time she was going to be able to tell somebody how pretty they were. That's true. I appreciate that. I mean, I, 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 I get your your confusion. Um, yeah. Not that I'm the most handsomest person on the planet, but I've had people come up, well, white people, more specifically white women, come up and do similar things about my hair or my skin tone. I think it's, from my perspective, it's, it's contextual, right? So I, if, if it's somebody who doesn't live in New York and they're not around a lot of black people, I'm the way that I perceive it is that, like, you you just never, you, like, you're not around this all the time. So you, this is new. It's, it's, it is a little bit of a, to me, like, when I, when it happens, it's a little bit like you're fetishizing me, but you, like, there's nothing to me. I don't, I don't get angry about it because it's just like. Yeah. And I guess it's allowed to meet more people. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, my whole thing was, like, did I miss something? From what you've described, I don't think you missed anything besides telling that lady she made your day. I feel like, I feel like it's for me, I only perceive, I only perceive situations like these to be fetishizing when sex is brought into the conversation, when you've touched me. And when you have made comments about how, oh, I'm glad your hair is straight. It looks so pretty straight. You should keep it straight more often, you know. But since your hair was in a bun, I'm like anyone can wear a bun. Like there's absolutely (laughs) nothing cultural about a bun. A bun is the most human agnostic hair it's so human agnostic men are wearing buns these days so that's very true that's a good point if you had a bun and she enjoyed looking at your neat bun because everybody's bun ain't neat you had a good bun in that day (laughs) and she was really maybe she saw several messy buns on her way to wherever the hell y'all were and she could not believe that anybody, somebody, took a brush to their bun. Maybe she was impressed True. by that. Did she say anything about the texture of your hair? I don't remember. I was just really you caught up. You would have remembered like... if she said something about the texture of your hair. That would have been the first thing you caught. She must not have said anything she probably about the texture didn't. of your hair. Did she say anything about the color of your skin or how because I'm like because no. here's the thing here's the thing I think sometimes we as black people get super uber duper ridiculously sensitive about the stupidest of things mm. stupid 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 like we can you can unless he believes that the only reason you're pretty is because you have curly hair and you light skin Oh, God. That is the only reason. No, 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 and I'm not saying that to be shady. I'm saying it to make a point. 
because nothing about the the lightness of your skin or the texture of your hair or the sexual the 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 sexuality of your body um not sexuality of your body or the curvature of your body i don't hmm. necessarily think that the comment needs to be perceived as disrespectful it sounds like yeah. she said you karina and your most natural state are pretty Go ahead and be pretty, girl. That's right. I just felt I don't like somebody okay. compliment me with a regular ass bun in my hair. I don't get that, that with a regular yes, bun. You do. Not with a regular bun. I gotta have like a good bun. Baby hairs gelled out. Maybe a weave in. Maybe a good braid. When I have my braids in and they were real mm. thick and big and it looks like Cleopatra, yeah, that's when I get it. But not like a regular bun. Like, like you yes. and your most. I don't want to say basic because that's offensive, but you in your most I get arena you. state received a compliment that you <laughs> girl. But you know you what I'm talking about, like yeah. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't sound but like you know it was because about, you have right? fair skin and curly hair. It doesn't sound like that's why she said it. She just saw somebody yeah. that was gorgeous, drop dead gorgeous, and she needed you to know it. Oh, thanks. But you know what I mean, like, this is what, yeah, to your point, this is going to segue to our topic that, like, I feel like now we're in a state where everything is is analyzed, so it's like, wait, mm-hmm. did I react the right way or not? Like, should I be angry or not? You got to or... react the way that you feel, that you that your spirit tells you to. Only yeah. you are going to know if something is triggering to you. Something that is clearly something that is triggering triggering to you is not triggering to your mentor. Or That's vice true. versa. Something that's triggering to your mentor is not triggering to you. He may perceive it from a different perspective because of different experiences that he's been around. You were just sitting there being great with your basic bun. Like a basic bun. Yeah. My natural okay. bun. Your natural bun. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And also, you have really good posture, and grandparents love that shit. So, like, that's <laughs> what? <laughs> but you only got you great posture great... to dance too. That's where we get it from. No, no, I have terrible posture. I just also happened to be a dancer at some point in my life. You have really good ballerina posture. She was probably just completely enthralled by everything that you were serving in that moment, girl. Go ahead, take your compliment, have your seat, and have a good day. That's it. That's good. Thanks for joining for Karina's Corner. Thanks, y'all. We learned something today. <laughs> this existential crisis that you're having. Oh, my God. She said I was pretty. Oh, my God. But that's all. But hey, oh, hey. Man. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, I know what you know, mean. it's just like, I don't know if I reacted the right way. Oh, well. All right. You reacted how you, what what the Lord put on, on your spirit to react to. Now, if you have one of my situations, and she put her damn hands on your bun and shook it and growled in your face, then you're more than welcome to slap her in her face because nobody should touch you no matter how old they are. But that's not what she did. That's not I, what she I will, did. I will say this. The the only quote-unquote compliment that I get offended by is when white people tell me that I look exotic because I feel like that is, an offensive term. Do they tell you this when you're wearing your dashikis? Because I feel no. like 
No. <laughs> no, I like like right. like things okay. that it straight up like you you look exotic, and I just feel like that's a term that's used for animals. Mm. Is it because I just bought some hair from? <laughs> I don't know. I like I said, different things trigger different people, and I think that that's important to know that you set your boundaries the way they need to be set for you. So if you don't like people telling you how cute you are, you need to let them know. I don't need you to tell me how great I look. I looked in the mirror and I saw it already. If you don't like people calling you exotic, let them people know. Don't call me exotic. I'm as basic as they come. Listen, you can set your own boundaries how you need to set your boundaries. And that's a word. That is a word. word. Yep. All right. So speaking of words, 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 we'll go ahead and get into our full topic of the day. So as we mentioned last week, your girl, Bose St. John, is out here at uh, Endeavor, and they have taken up to task the rebranding efforts, if you will, of the now disgraced Papa John's pizza brand. Um, and Bones out here catching a lot of flack from a lot of black folk about this. I've seen things written uh, in blogs and comments about her being a traitor, about her being only out here to make money, about uh, her, um, oh, Jesus, I think I've seen somebody wrote she was Uncle Tom. I wouldn't go that far. I would never say that. Girl, I respect her too much to say that. I don't think that's true. But people are upset. They perceive the uh, any alignment with your oppressor or um, a racist to be an act of uh, treason, if you will, against black people and the cause, uh, taking up the cause for diversity in media and entertainment and advertising in the world. I feel like this brings so many questions because Bose is out here and she made a public service announcement. How many days ago was this show? Let me open my Instagram. She made a public service announcement on her Instagram, basically basically checking everyone. And I'm going to go out here and say, like, I wasn't, I think I mentioned that I wasn't really sure how to feel about it because I had felt so wronged by Papa John's that I, at the time, I could not see myself aligning with that brand, even, well, definitely if maybe if they gave me a million dollars, personally wrote the check to Kai Devro Lawson that I could cash. But I could not see myself wanting to be a part of lifting up a brand that I feel feels has damaged people like me and myself um, mm-hmm. so so toxically. When was this? She posted this, yeah, two days ago. So two days ago on her Instagram, she makes a post that says, Sunday sermon and an African pro- proverb in one. Until the lion learns to write, every story will glorify the hunter. So here I am writing mm-hmm. my own headline and telling my own story. Hear me roar. Um, and basically, she writes in the image, she writes her own headlines about this experience that she's embarking on with Papa John's. She says, uh, the first one is, 
how marketing expert Bozema St. John is using Papa John's to incite change. Marketing expert and change agent Bozema St. John is working with Papa John's to create a corporate shift from crisis management to change agent, how Bozema St. John is dynamically making a difference with Papa John's. So our conversation today is really just to discuss, like, our feelings about this. Um, and I feel like we almost need to give more context. And, and Sam and Karina, you, can, you should jump into this as well. For those of you out there that don't understand why black people are upset, there is a nuance. Uh, I don't even think it's nuance. There is a particular experience that black women, um, strong, smart, educated black women in any workplace, tend to always find ourselves in a situation where we have to clean up the mess of a person, a man, uh, a, a, a white man, a white woman, any person in power because seemingly we can do it, A, on our own, we can do it for cheap, and we can do it without giving lip. Um, and oftentimes that has kind of bit us in the ass. Like we talk about wage gaps. A lot of black like a lot of black women that we know that I know take on more work than we than they actually get paid for doing, um, and a lot of us have been rejecting that in recent times. Like, pay me what I'm worth. We also want to do the like. Don't ask me to come clean up the mess. Ask me to be there with you so you don't make the mess. Is kind of how we're trying to approach our careers these days. And a lot of people feel that Bo's helping out Papa John's is completely against that. Am I, is that fair, y'all? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, with that being said, oh, go ahead, Karina. No, 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 go ahead. So with that being said, here we are with folk out here being mad, and Bo's has to go to take, take to Twitter and take to Instagram to defend herself. She has this one quote, if you scroll, scroll through her Instagram, where she says, this is not about me as a black woman using my voice to encourage black women or black people to do something that is against our own benefit. Uh, she goes on to say, I have to use my voice as a black woman with a seat at the table uh, by any means necessary. And she goes on to finish it with by any means necessary, which, as y'all know, is my favorite quote from um, – uh, Malcolm X um, that sometimes I use for partying as well. <clears throat> anyway, the point is, the point is, here we are where we're at an impasse where on one hand, we as black women and black people and people of color are asking for, are demanding our rightful seats at the tables of leadership and decision making. Um, however, we also have this uh, seemingly contradictory need to almost protect our integrity and the and our culture, if you will. So that's what we want to talk about today. Is this protecting the culture? Is this completely doing the opposite? Is she right? Is she wrong? What do we do? I, I don't think it's protecting the culture. I think it's exactly what she how she described in in those headlines. So changing corporate crisis to corporate activism. Um, you know, we've kind of touched on this on the show 
um, quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, one is, you know, call-out culture and, like, how that is becoming the thing and, you know, is there coming back from that? Um, the way that I see what she's doing is kind of the same reason why we started the show. Like, we want things to change. Um, and when we started this show, we talked about, you know, if we're not at the table, then the change that's going to happen isn't going to have our insights, and it's probably not going to be what we want it to be. So I'm for her being at the table, making the change. I understand why people are mad because they're basically looking at it and going, well, Papa John's is a racist company, right? And the dude who said it, yeah, clearly, like, he said the N-word, so he probably is racist. But at the same time, I'm looking at it and I'm going, well, there are probably black people that work at Papa John's, right? So she's going into this company and she's making the change that we're just seeing it from the outside, but that change is also going to affect those people that work there. So if she's not there, then then who's going to do it? Like somebody needs to be there to make sure that the change is real, that it's authentic, that it's impactful, um, and we need somebody to do it. And like when I when I saw this, the first thing that came to mind, unfortunately, was Amarosa, because Amarosa's in the news right now. She dropped this book on him. She recorded um, all these conversations in, in the White House that are exposing um, this administration. And I started watching her um, her interviews, and in a way, they kind of talk about this the same way, right? So if we can all complain about, you know, the things that are wrong, and we can talk about the things that are wrong and the things that need to change, but if there's nobody at the table that's fighting for your best interests, then how can we expect the change to really benefit us? Now, I'm not saying that Omarosa is right. I'm not saying that she's invited to the cookout or she's going to get a plate. Because, you know, she ain't. Because she's not. But, and don't ask yeah. me no more. <laughs> but there's, there's, there's truth in it, though, because in, in a way, we can almost look at the advertising industry and say the same thing it's done a lot of people of color wrong. It's done a lot of women wrong. Um, we, we talk about a lot of the surface stuff, but there are people who are in therapy who, are, who were pushed out of this industry, who um, their careers suffered because of people in power, people who had a seat at the table and the, and the, the terrible things that they did to them. And someone within those companies whether it's, you know, we had a, um, that episode where we talked about all the women that the jump shouted out. These are all women who fought for a seat at the table to make sure that the change that would happen would benefit the people who are marginalized. So I don't think there's anything wrong with what she's doing. Like, it, it, it's necessary. It needs to be done. Um, even now with what I'm doing, working on uh, this social venture, um, to, to make change within advertising, I've had people tell me, well, ain't shit going to change. Like, they're pieces of shit. Like, it's, it's, nothing's going to um, – people have already tried this. But if nobody's going to actually put the act behind the word, uh, behind the word that they're saying or behind the complaints or behind the, the calls to actions, if nobody's going to do it, then nothing's going to change in our favor. I can see that. I think 
when I initially heard the the news and I sat with it for a little bit, I had a little bit of a a little bit. <laughs> I had a big visceral reaction to it, and I think my reaction had a lot to do with me feeling that Papa John's wasn't punished. It feels, and granted, I know as a business, possibly, everyone is not responsible, nor is everyone at fault, but it just felt like, oh, my God, they just fucking get away with it all the time. Also, I've been watching the Trayvon Martin documentary, so I've been a little bit raw. Right? <laughs> so, like, that, that we are. Yeah, but it just felt like here we go again. This man gets to go on. He gets to go on a call with these people that are trying to rebrand his shitty ass image in the first fucking place. And here he is talking about niggas. Like, he just really felt comfortable on a call. And I don't know or care if he knew if there were black people on the call. But what I did know is that he felt comfortable in an environment on the phone with people he doesn't know, people he does know, to let that word slip out of his mouth as a white man. And there are people in the room with him who who knows if they felt bad, who knows if they've heard it before. But there were people there that kind of just sat there. And I'm like, we can't just be cool with this. And it felt a little bit like, your your big sister going to do the thing that you didn't expect her to do because Bose is one of our um, most celebrated black women in marketing in this industry. Mm -hmm. Like literally where, you know, we haven't necessarily had a, a CMO level black woman to look up to. I mean, I certainly did it growing up wanting to be the person who just kicked my feet up on the conference room table and said yes or no to things. I didn't know what that looked like. And now as an adult, I have that. It hurt a little bit because some of us really wanted to stick it to Papa John's. Like legit wanted to, we want to see them fail. We wanted to see them fail because you can't hurt us and not have repercussions, especially when this is, our the currency that we own the most. We own cultural currency. If there's any way that we can harm anybody, it's literally through making them seem like the wackest, weakest piece of shit that doesn't deserve followers. Because we, black folk, black women, literally determine from early ages what is cool and what isn't. So here we are where this multi-million dollar company that has fucked up erroneously literally doesn't get the spanking, the beating that they deserve. It just it, it, it just felt like there was no justice. It felt like, oh, oh, it's okay. Let's do better next time. Let me help you out and how to figure out how to not let this happen again, guys, instead of the fuck you that many of us felt that they deserved. And I want to go on the record and say, like, I don't necessarily think that her point is wrong either, but that I do feel that many of us felt very, feel very strongly that brands 
businesses and businessmen and businesswomen need consequences when they fuck us over or when they treat us as if we're un- undervalued or unvalued or else they're going to keep doing it by any means necessary. Right. I get like I I get the satisfaction of seeing like the repercussions of your actions. I get that. I think that if we saw the repercussions, is there any redemption involved? Like in our culture, we do the we do was it the call out culture, canceled culture, whatever. Um, is there a space? for redemption after you get spanked. Right. And I, I think that's a great... you need to get spanked first. Like, you so, absolutely need to get spanked. But, so, Kai, that, that, I think that generates a question of, you know, what is corporate punishment, right? Because if we're looking at this whole, the whole trajectory of Papa John's being canceled, I can't remember what the first incident was, but the first incident that happened a few months ago, and I think it was around the Super Bowl, is oh, when... Oh, no, it wasn't a few months ago. Oh, no, 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 no. This is now about to be two years ago when Colin okay. Kaepernick first took his knee. Because okay. to Karina's point, absolutely. Redemption. Whatever. This is why I truly believe everybody needs to get their ass beat when they fuck up, including me, Right. Two years ago, this man came out and said, and let me Google while I'm talking, um, basically came out and blamed the players taking knees or protesting, rather, being the reason why his sales were down. So somehow, again, our lives and using uh, the rights that are bestowed upon us by naturalization, because we are born here under the Constitution of the United States, that somehow black men in the NFL are wrong to protest shit happening to people that look just like them and people that don't because there are white men that are protesting as well because it is now fucking with the revenue of Papa John's pizza. Okay. Like, who the fuck are you? If you don't sit your pie-making ass down... Maybe you, maybe maybe if your ass would have protested with the with these dudes, you wouldn't have to worry about the shit, and then you probably would have gotten a boost in your sales because people would have picked you out. Shout out to Ben and Jerry's. People would have picked mm-hmm. you up or, or or singled you out as a brand that cares because mm-hmm. we all know that people really align themselves with brands that they feel believe in the things that they believe. The social responsibility is huge in branding these days. But he don't care. He just right. want to be racist. He just want to blame the black folk. Because your pizza, right. like, it's good, but, like, it ain't that good, bruh. <laughs> so, I mean, but so, so to that point, right, so and, and the point that I was trying to make was, so when that happened, I believe he was either they made him step down as a CEO or he was fired as CEO or he quit as a CEO, right? So, that was that was the first piece, and then he became the chairman, right? So then, after the second incident, he resigns as the chairman. I think a part of what is making this so um, why people are so unforgiving is that his name is so entwined with the company, right? Because if this was another company that was 
Joe Schmo pizza or, you know, Brooklyn pizza and something similar happened and he was fired and no one, and he wasn't like his, his, his own personal brand wasn't so entwined with the company. Then him being fired as CEO, him stepping down as CEO, him resigning from the company would probably suffice as a punishment. But because he's so ingrained, his personal brand is so ingrained with the company, that's why people are not giving it the pass. Because technically, like, what, do you, what, do, what does the punishment right. look like? You know, because right. we, just, we, we, want the, we want the virus to be gone, right? Look at the, uh, we can look at the, you know, the Me Too or the Time's Up movement. Mm-hmm. When people are calling them out, they want the virus to be gone. So technically, now the virus is gone. So when Bazoma is stepping in, what I see is that, she, you know, she's the antibiotics, right? She, she's the, the next step after you address the core issue and how do you start the healing. Because at the end of the day, like, every company can't be canceled, right? There are toxic people at every company, at every agency, the goal of what all of us are trying to work towards, even with this podcast, which is a form of activism, what all of us are trying to work towards is getting to the healing process and being in a place where the culture where the culture is inclusive and it benefits everyone. So, like, I'm looking at it going, like, why are we mad, right? Another thing is, yeah, she's getting money. Like, we – this is this is something that we're 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 talking about, like a seat at the table. Like we just don't want seats at the table. We want to get paid for being for being at the table. The case study that will come out of this can benefit everyone because everyone's any company that is going to go through a similar situation, and there are going to be more companies that fuck up because there's mm-hmm. just so many old white men and all white women in power who kind of skated under the radar pre-social media where they were able to do and say whatever they wanted to say regardless of the – and not having any repercussions, everyone's going to be looking to this situation for that case study where when it happens for them, how can they make mm-hmm. the culture better for everyone involved? And the other thing is, like, I'm looking at this going, like, yo, she's legit like the real-life Olivia Pope right now. Like, <laughs> like that was Olivia Pope's job cleaning up the mess of the white man can i yeah let's end it because i have a question because i have uh, the fact i i I just want to go to i i literally just have to say this yes you're right we need a case study but in order to be a case study the results can't be the same all the time that there's no consequence I don't think that's good enough for it. Like, I want to say yes, because from a business perspective, yes, you're right. But I, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't make me feel better. Like, it may I mean, just being petty, but also slavery. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. I just feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like, yes, technically, if we were just looking at this face value, I think, because we are so emotionally involved in 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 brands, like as even as a consumer, I'm emotionally involved in brands. It doesn't feel good enough, and I really like Papa John's flat pizza. So 
this hurts. I will never so, be able to dip flat pizza into butter and with the hot pepper in a pot. Like that's not gonna happen again. I'm, but you I'm know sorry. what? Go ahead, Karina. Go ahead, go, Karina. Because I'm gonna pivot to Bose and like an Uber a little bit. Because you're talking about corporate activism, and the way that we opened the show, Kai, was like, you know, women, black women are known as the fixers, and, you know, even in media, we're known as the fixers. But is that what you what she wants to be known as? I think it that, like you it. know, she had an, yeah, she had an opportunity at Uber, and I, and I'm assuming, because to tie it with her Instagram video, she does make a point to note that if it's in a if it happens to be an environment where she can't make change, you know she will leave, and which right. we're going to assume that Uber wasn't. But I'm sitting here and I was like, so do you want to be known as the fixer? Is that the narrative that we're putting here, or is it is it the is it synonymous with getting a seat at the table and taking it when it's open? Like, I just feel like that's two separate goals that you have. One is, yes, I'm going to, if there's an opportunity for me to make change, yes, I'm going to go take it. And then there's another part of it that is if I see somewhere where things need to be fixing, then she goes for it. I've been trying to find an article about um, her time at Uber, and I can't find it. But there was one point when she was at Uber, she was saying, it wasn't as aggressive as her tone is with Papa John's and she kind of separated herself about um, the previous look of, of Uber. She was like, I'm more focused on like the internal stuff. And now it's more like, well, I understand my, my presence and I'm using my presence in this way. So I don't know, I'm sitting here kind of contemplating, well, is this a learning from Uber or is this something that you wanted to do that you couldn't do at Uber and now you have the opportunity to do it here? Maybe I mean, I have a lot cool. of skepticism. Yeah. I, 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 think feel like, I think it's both. Yeah, I'm sure it's both. It has to be both. You can't leave. You don't leave a situation. You damn sure don't leave a work situation. Well, let me not speak for everyone. Everybody don't have common sense. Smart, successful people, which <laughs> the majority of people that work in every industry, do not leave one situation and go to the other without lessons, learned lessons. I also think that she has found a role for herself. Um, I just... Uh, I just didn't want her to do it. Like, I don't care that that's not a good enough reason. I just don't want her to do it. I want so, it. I, like, somebody has to somebody has to get thrown under the bus, guys. Right. Somebody. I mean, I I, I wish I, I wish I saw her as, like, I'm sorry, so I just want to not uh, say this. Like, I wish I saw her as more of, like, an influencer change and instead of just influencer and change slash fixer. Because, like, then that doesn't help the narrative like here, I yes, I'm here to be a change agent, but I'm necessarily like the cleanup person. I don't See, know. I'm struggling with it. Maybe I don't understand the difference. What's the difference? See, I don't I don't look at it as her being a cleanup person at all, right? Because she's a marketer, right? Part of that that task at hand is to change the story. So when I look at from, you know, the articles about her time at Uber um, and the way that she talked about it, she was an employee there, right? So 
I'm sure something in her contract or, you know, being them being her employer um, influenced the way that she talked about them. But if we're looking, and I think when you, when you look at her being a storyteller, there's two ways to look at it, right? There are, and we've all worked in, in, in this industry long enough to know that there are brands that come to you with a problem who are willing to change their company to fix that problem so that the creative that we create for them um, amplifies that solution. And then there are other brands who just want to change the narrative. They don't necessarily want to change their their company. So when I look at her time at Uber, I'm looking at it going, based off of what she said, Uber didn't necessarily want to change their company. They just wanted to change the story. So metaphorically speaking, they just wanted to change the cover of the book. They didn't want to change what was inside the book. I'm looking at what she's doing right now as changing the entire book and also changing the, the cover of the book. And so if we're looking at it and saying, well, you know, when, when, when there's call-out culture or when people are canceled, you know, part of it is, is getting rid of the virus. And, you know, some viruses, like cancers, can't be operated on and that company just needs to die. I'm guessing that now as, as, as her role as a consultant, mm-hmm. for them to take this on, she, knowing what, she, what went down in Uber, she had to weigh out all the factors. There's, there's a whole process that, that happens where they probably ask questions, what are you willing to do to fix this? Because she's black. She knows what's up. She hangs out with other black people. She's not like a surface level, like to somebody's point, Uncle Tom. She's a part of the culture. She mm-hmm. knows what we'll accept and what we won't accept. So for her to be this public about it, to to stand up for what she's doing, the way that she's doing, they have to be willing to change something. So for me, I just kind of sitting back going, let's see what happens. Because I'm mm-hmm. sure if they don't hold up their end of the bargain as a client, as as a creative partner, they're probably going to walk away from the job. Because we've seen brands, we've seen agencies walk away from clients that were dead end stories. So I'm like, I'm going like, this is one of those things where we just have to wait and see what happens. It's definitely not going to be overnight. It's going to be a long process. So like, yo, let's see, let's see if she's as dope as we all think she is. Because then maybe, Kyle, you could get your pizza again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I could never. I could never get. I'm sorry. I was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I could never get my pizza again because I have too much pride in my damn self. And as much as I love to eat, I, I hate being patronized or patronized or whatever even more. So fuck him. And so, I'll just so, I'll make so, Kyle, pizza. I, I think I, right. Wait. I, I have a question for you because I, I think this is this is a like I, I I like your standpoint right because it's basically like I'm not bending I'm not bowing like you're not going to you know throw a new flavor on there and and cater to me so to your mm. point of brands need to be punished what is the trajectory of that punishment and what does redemption look like because we haven't really seen redemption. Like, there are these stories that kind of, they happen, and then, you know, a little time passes, somebody else fucks up on a bigger scale, 
and then we're just kind of like, all right, cool, whatever. But because I don't this think there is, is redemption. I feel like I said this. Like I feel like I was very clear. Somebody needs to get thrown under the bus. We have no examples of where an instance where black. I'll give you. We have no Harvey Weinstein. We have none. We have in the in the context of race. We have no Bill Cosby. The Bill Cosby issue is uh, sex and 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 crimes against white women conversation. Mm-hmm. We have no example of when black people, as a black people, as black professionals, as a black professionals, are fucked with, and you are wrong. Here's what can happen to you. That is my point. That is and. It is a very strong point, and it is a very passionate point, and it is probably a very unfair point because people have families and people have lives. But the issue I see with this conversation we have when it comes to diversity, when it comes to race relations, when it comes to all that shit, is that people people only do to you what they know they can do to you. They literally only do to you what they know they can do to you. And I feel like that works, That goes for business also. I think it has – and, I mean, if we look at the presidency and what's going on in Washington, looking like a whole shit show, okay, that man only does the things that he knows he can get away with because nothing is happening to him. He's not losing, he's not losing his job. Even if you lose your job to a rich person, I don't – I almost think, like, having a job is like having a hobby. Like, it's like telling me, no, Kai, you can't tweet no more. Like, oh, oh my God, it's really annoying. I love tweeting. But, like, is that going to break me? No. How do you break people? You take their money. You take their legacy. You got to hit people where it hurts them, not where it hurts you. And public shame is not good enough for a lot of people because you can, you can go to the conclusion. So that is my point, and I think that's the point. And, I, and like I, I, like I said, now I'm on the fence based on her comment because I think her commentary about being you when you are at the table, and this was a conversation I had yesterday with somebody. When you are the only black voice at the table, and as many people like to say, oh, I don't want to have to be the oh, this was talking about Issa Rae or Issa D in Insecure. When you are the only black voice at the table, when you are the only black woman voice at the table, damn y'all. Like, yeah, you, you do sometimes got to speak for all of us. No, you don't have to, like, you don't have to do it all the time. But I feel like this was a moment. And I know a couple people who took their stands that, ha- that were working on Papa John's project, and they said, fuck, no, I'm not touching this shit no more. This is really important for us to, for people to understand we are not just here to watch you fuck up and fix your fucking mess. That it is not her job to erase hate and erase racism. It is but not she, my job to do that. She is, but it's job. not our job to fix your problem. Papa John's as a company has an issue with because of race, because of the man that they are named after. I don't care, bro. I'm not doing it. I get why she's doing it. I wish it was another situation. I wish it was another company. I wish there was another opportunity, 
probably something a little more juicier but a little less salacious. And I just feel like I need that. In my activism, there is there is a little bit, there's a lot of me that needs to have somebody pay some form of reparation for the consistent and continuous disrespect of black bodies in the media. I so, know for I, I I'll give you an, I'll give you a really quick thing that like dawned on me the other day, and I don't even know how long we've been recording. I'm sure we gotta finish up soon, right? Yeah. I was walking down the street the other day, and I saw this big-ass green worm that looked like it was straight the fuck up out Bug's Life. And it was ugly, and it was gooey-looking, and I was like, I took a picture of it because I was like, oh, this is so cute and ugly at the same time. And it dawned on me, I also believe that rats and mice are ugly, or mice, not rats, rats are just hideous, that mice are ugly and cute at the same time, yet I'm scared of mice. And it dawned on me that my socialization to mice has always been that creature that will jump up and bite you from cartoons or something, that creature that runs up and, like, crawls all over you. But my association with big green worms was from this cute movie I saw called A Bug's Life. And they are equally as disgusting and equally both need to stay out of my houses and in front of my house. But I felt comfortable enough to get to get close enough to take a picture from my Instagram with that big ass green worm than I would ever with a mouse. Dead or alive. And it dawned on me that it is because of what I've seen, the books I've read, the magazines, how it's talked about in school, how it's discussed in on T V that I felt one way about one creepy crawly that then I do about another. And that, to me, was like, damn, that's probably why people don't necessarily cross the street when white men walk down the street at night. It's probably why you cross the street when you see a black man in a hoodie at night. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm- therefore, because it goes that deep, I want things to change so bad that I think that somebody needs to be the sacrificial goat because he is not a lamb. That man is a dirty goat. That's right. <laughs> so but then you, goat. You, you said something a few, <laughs> a few minutes ago. I know we're wrapping up soon, but you said something a few minutes ago about, you know, the, the, I think you said the wound is still raw. And I, I think that's legit, right, because we offline, I'm, I'm pretty angry, right, because these wounds – are still raw, and it's not just what we've experienced personally, it's what we've experienced as a collective of people of color, more specifically black people around the world. Um, these wounds are still raw. Like, we're, if we're contextualizing, like, legalized racism, like, 10 years before we were born, like, shit was still happening, right? So, these wounds are, are definitely still raw, and, and I think I'm not speaking for you, but that's why a lot of us, a lot of black people are really adamant about not letting them off the hook. If, so since we're, we're, we're starting to wrap up, I would start saying, like, the solution, one I'm of sorry, the solutions. I have to correct you. You said 10 years before we were born. No, yesterday and the day before that. Look, I'm but talking I'm talking about, about like, <laughs> right I'm talking about, like, legalized racism. 
like like shit that was like legal. legal. Like legal. legal. You said what? Prison is legal. Like it's still legal. It is literally still within our policy. That is it is not because Martin Luther King isn't marching. It is because right. it is inherently and within our legal system and within our media that the wound is open. Not because right. of the past, because of the past and the present. Yes, that's 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 fair. Um, and so what I what I would say to all this is is that one of the things that I want to see come out of this situation, and I've said it before, I don't know if I said it on the show, is that in the context of diversity and inclusion, there needs to be a reset. I think that for what has pissed me off about a lot of diversity and inclusion efforts over the, over the last couple of years is that they seem to really gloss over the issue like we've made significant progress. And for a lot of us who are dealing with it on a day-to-day basis, we don't feel that progress. So the number may have shifted a little bit, but we don't necessarily feel that progress, especially when it comes to inclusion. And I think that there needs to be a diversity and inclusion reset where we really address what's happening on a mass at, at large, right? Because if we're looking at Papa John's and, we're, and he felt so comfortable saying the N-word in a meeting, that is probably not the first time that he said something racially offensive within that company. Just like with Harvey Weinstein, by the time everyone caught up to him and realized that he was a piece of shit, he had sexually assaulted and sexually harassed so many women that because, and he was allowed to because it was, it was swept under the rug. And for a lot of us who work in these industries, who've gone to HR, who complained to our managers, those complaints have been swept under the rug. I think that there needs to be a reset where people are really, where the people in power, the people who have a seat at the table, and more simply, a lot of black people who have a seat at the table really hear about the fucked up shit that happens on a day-to-day basis so that they start to address what's going on within their companies before it gets here. Because we're, we're seeing the pot boiling over. The pot's been simmering. And within a lot of these companies, the, the pot's been simmering. And we're usually the ones who are getting burned. And so the, the wound is still raw. I think why a lot of people are, are angry is because they're probably dealing with a bunch of shit at work, and they want to see a sacrificial lamb, to your point. They want to see uh, someone who's in power go down. But at the same time, like, we need, to see, we need to see what a solution looks like so that we can all start taking those strategies back to our companies and implementing them. Mm. I mean, yeah, I don't know that there is a I, – I don't know that I think we need a reset. I think I think everybody knows like what the fuck out. is happening. Right. Yeah. I feel it, right. I feel like everybody knows what the fuck is happening. Some do people are so down for, for the get uh, I do. Sorry. I, I absolutely do. You think every white person knows what 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 is wrong within their company? Yep. When it comes to when it comes to our feelings? Yep. And I think they're ignoring it. I don't so, think they know, but I have, don't think there should be a you know, reset. If you have bias training, if you have if you have non bias training at your agency, I know you I know you know. If you have um 
a diversity and inclusion ERG within your agency, you know what's going on. What you're not doing is using all the data that you've collected and doing anything with it. No okay. need to reset, just the need to read the shit you have. Well, you maybe it's test if you don't study for it. Well, you know, I think I think that's a good point. So maybe it's not a reset, maybe it's acting. And I think what we what we're at the point where everyone should be an activist within their company when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And so to your, to, to your point just now, like, they have all the data, they have all the information, they have all, all the, the complaints in an HR draw somewhere and an HR file on, on a drive sort of way. Start acting on it because if you don't act, what's going to happen is this. This is what's going to happen. Me too is going to happen. Time's up is going to happen. People are going to trash you I on this my point like, is, I guess my point is it's not happening, and that's why I'm mad. Me too happens. Me too happened because white women complained. Time's up happened because white women in advertising complained. This it. could have been a moment where on that scale of, oh, fuck, we need to implement change now, mm-hmm. some sort of platform, or us. We could have had a voice to speak out about it and said, see what the fuck happens when you don't listen? Unfortunately, that doesn't happen when it comes to black people in companies, in, in industry, in any industry. We get looked over. And this was another example from my perspective of us getting looked over and it getting swept under the rug. And I just don't like the blanket that this is being wrapped in, which is our role model for black woman activism is going to fix it. So don't worry, guys. That's what that feels like. Got it. That means what it feels like, but I don't think that's the reality just by her narrative. Perception is right by her. I get it. It's not, but perception is reality. And so what, all I can speak to is what I feel. If that is not your intention, that is 100% fine. And I think that that's why I'm on the fence because, like, I get it. That's not her intention. However, that is absolutely how it looks. Well, we going to see. That's absolutely how it looks. If we she doesn't think. last there for a year, if she'll last there for a year, then we know what the deal is, that that culture is, that culture is toxic, even more toxic than we thought. I mean, Luckily, like, it's not Endeavor that I take issue with. It's Papa Jobs as a brand and Endeavor taking them on as a client and putting Bose as the head of the the most senior account lead, if you will, Mm -hmm. for the brand. That's that's my issue. So I get it. We'll see how it goes. I'm still looking for a sacrificial lamb because somebody has to pay. Somebody (laughs) got to get thrown under the bus. They do. They do. You don't I agree. Learn, no, I you agree. don't get. You I don't agree. You don't get punished. So I'm, I'm looking out. I agree. There are a whole anyway. lot of people I want to see go down. I got a All long right. list. Closing. Let's close this out. Closing remarks. <laughs> closing remarks. What do we got? Somebody else go first because I'm finally eating. <laughs> we already I know. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm of the the POV that. You know, I'm I'm not against what she's doing um, because as as somebody who who 
who is acting right now, I want there to be a case study of what it looks like to really change corporate culture. Because from my standpoint, a lot of what's what's been happening has been surface level. Like, yeah, you got a diversity and inclusion uh, person, you have a ERGs, you have all these initiatives, but at the end of the day, especially when it comes to black people, I don't think enough is being done, especially in, within advertising because the number hasn't changed. The ratio is still shitty compared to the amount of people that are, the amount of black people that are in this country. And from what we do, um, especially with a lot of the events that, we, that we've done this year and hearing what's happening on the ground, not just our experiences, but what other people are still experiencing at work, not enough is being done. So to your point, I want to see more action. So if she can get them to act and act in a way that is not just surface, then I'm for it because other people, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of um, – my brain is, is, is shitting on me right now, but, you know, it's monkey see, monkey do, right? So if somebody else sees that, sees that change, that real change working and benefiting their bottom dollar, then I'm for it. If it doesn't, I hope she puts them on blast and she walks away and, and you know, they continue to suffer the way that they've been suffering. Yeah, I agree with that, the last sentiment. Like, I think that it'd be nice, yes, to see change and to turn over a new leaf. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, there's, I, there's that negative part that I have. Like, I haven't seen much change, so it's like this can be just like any other thing. It could be like, you know, they just didn't work out and they're too toxic and, you know, hey, everyone, they're a toxic culture and we see them for who we are and we keep it pushing. You know, I think if she's successful, she is definitely going to look at the fixer. She's going to look like a fixer, whether that was her narrative or intention or not. But um, let's see. Let's see what happens. That's all I can say because we came in with the same hope with with Uber, and look how that turned out. So let's see what happens with Papa John's. I mean, I can only, man, listen, I can only view a situation from the perspective, from my personal perspective and experiences. And I know that when I needed to get taught a lesson, I was put on punishment. I also know that as an adult, I don't go into relationships to try to change people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the idea that we can change a culture without building it from the bottom, from like the ground up, and I'm not just talking seniority. I mean, like, you got to gut it. You literally have to gut an institution in order to change its culture. We talk about it all the time with race. Like racism will not die until the racists die. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like I hear everything y'all are saying. I low-key don't disagree with it. I just feel very, very, very strongly that 
in all of culture, workplace or not, we are at a place where it is, I, maybe it's not for everybody, but I take it as my responsibility to let people know when they've fucked up, especially if it's royally. Um, you don't, you can't give everybody a pass because up until now, everyone has received a pass because of this, that, or the third. And, like, these companies, as soon as it's out of the, the as soon as it's out of the press, they're not even going to care anymore. People aren't even going to care anymore. So, nope, I, 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 this is not one of the situations where I feel like, they get a pass. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call people out. I want to see your earnings suffer. I want to see your revenue go low because that's the only thing certain people respond to. They only respond to money and they respond to legacy and they respond to power. So that is the currency that we have to play with. Those are the variables that we can manipulate to cause insight change. Um, and just going to fix people isn't good. Just going to fix companies isn't isn't going to do it. It's not going to cut it. Um, but with that being said, thank y'all for listening um, yeah. for another episode of Mixed Company. I think we yeah. I think this was extremely long, but therapeutic to have. Um, as you guys know, like we said, you can follow us on the social media at, at Ask Mixed Company. Or you can catch us online at mixedcompanypodcast.com. Um, and yeah, we'll holler at y'all. So before we go, one one yeah. little announcement. Church announcements, yeah. Yes, we are having uh, an event on September 13th at Zenith Media. It is called for Black Women Who've Considered the C Suite 2.0, mm-hmm. the C Suite Sit Down, where we will talk about how people in the C Suite can foster. Um, the acceleration of black women who are chasing positions in leadership within our industry. Yeah, and we'll have insights from C-suite leadership. You know, you can check us out um, through our our mixed company website, web, mixed company mm-hmm. Instagram, to get mm-hmm. to um, the Eventbrite, to RSVP, and come to our event. Yeah, if you if you uh, search um, Eventbrite and put for black women who've considered the C-suite, you will find us and you can RCP. We still have some seats left. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. Peace out.